Mormon Discussion Podcast is about helping Latter-day Saints like you lead with faith while tackling deeper, complex issues within Mormonism. All financial support goes directly towards keeping the podcast alive and supporting listeners like you. To support the podcast, please consider becoming a premium subscriber at mormondiscussionpodcast.org. Again, that's mormondiscussionpodcast, all one word, dot org. You can do this for as little as $1.50 a month or $12 a year. And this will also reward you by letting you listen to premium episodes like this one months before the general public has access. Thanks for listening. And now, on to what you've been waiting to hear. Welcome to another episode of Mormon Discussion. I'm your host, Bill Real. Today I want to talk to you about General Conference. This would be the October 2014 session of General Conference. I'm recording this the Tuesday after. I want to talk today about how this conference impacted me. It has, it has helped me, I think, to move one step further forward in my own faith transition. And, and by that I mean this. In the past maybe seven or eight conferences, I've been looking for the church to address doubt, to validate those who are struggling and to give them the room that they need to move around. This conference, I didn't do that. I didn't look for that. I mean, I, I mean, I'm still listening for that, but it wasn't my only focus. And to be frank, I don't know that this conference really addressed that in any way that's going to be super helpful uh, to those who are struggling, at least not in the way they think. But I want to share today President Uchtdorf's talk from the priesthood session. And we'll go through the talk and I'll share some of the impressions that I feel came from the spirit as I listened to that talk. For me, it was each year, maybe the easiest way to say it is that each year as I listen to, of course, twice a year, listen to conference, there's usually one talk that either just annoys the heck out of me or deeply inspires me. And this year, it was at President Uchtdorf's talk from the priesthood session. And so we'll just go through the talk and I'll stop it in several places and share with you some of the impressions that I felt as uh, as he delivered that address. We'll begin here with President Uchtdorf. Yes, we thank our Heavenly Father for the prophet. We're grateful for the prophet Joel Smith and how we love our president and prophet, President Thomas S. Monson. You should hear President Monson praying for the members of the church and especially for the priesthood. What confidence and trusts he has in the priesthood around the globe, this vast audience of faithful brethren. My dear brethren, it was our beloved Savior's final night in mortality. The evening before he would offer himself a ransom for all mankind. As he broke bread with his disciples, he said something that must have filled their hearts with great alarm and deep sadness. One of you shall betray me, he told them. The disciples didn't question the truth of what he said. Nor did they look around, point to someone else, and ask, is it him? Instead, they were exceeding sorrowful and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? I wonder what each of us would do if we were asked that question by the Savior. Would we look at those around us and say in our hearts, he's probably talking about Brother Johnson. I've always wondered about him. (laughs) Or, I'm glad Brother Brown is here. 
he really needs to hear this message? Or would we, like those disciples of old, look inward and ask that penetrating question, Is it I? In these simple words, Lord, is it I, lies the beginning of wisdom and the pathway to personal conversion and lasting change. It was at at this point in the talk that I felt pricked in my heart. Is it I? And I, I began to think about my participation in the church, not just in my ward building for three hours on Sunday, but my participation all through the week. And I, I participate on lots of discussion boards. You could find me on the Mormon Dialogue and Discussion Board. I participate at Stay LDS. I participate at New Order Mormon. I participate at the Fair Mormon Support uh, Forum. And uh, I participate at Wheaton Tears. And I'm sure there's something I'm missing, too, where I'm at. And, and I try to jump in on conversations. I try to be of help to those struggling. And my approach is one where I'm not going to defend the church to the nth degree at the expense of, of those who are hurting. I, I just won't do that. At the same time, I don't generally go on rants where I am just tearing the church down. I just I don't see much usefulness in that. I try to have this balance and in many ways, this balance reflects my own life. It reflects this this fulcrum that I, I sit atop where I, I don't want to be fooled. I don't want to be a member of the church and participate and act as if it's true if it absolutely isn't and I can figure that out. At the same time, I don't want to be critical of the church and I especially don't want to leave it if it is God's authorized institution, his kingdom on earth. And so I sit atop this fulcrum with lots of anxiety and not really sure how I fall one way or the other, and so I just stay there. And as I think about my participation in these various boards, there are, if I'm honest, there are times where I am feeding my doubts. Now, I don't mean that we're talking about it's negative to ask questions. I think of all people, you'll know that I'm completely comfortable with asking tough questions. And, and there are problems in church history and in church doctrine and theology. There are issues, and we've talked about those. What I'm talking more about is the, the agenda at times in my heart of trying to get people to understand how problematic these issues are, rather than the goal of always trying to help people through the difficult issues. Now, there's two different audiences there, right? There are those members of the church who are struggling, who have heard of the issues, who need help. But there's also members of the church who may be aware, but many are not, who say, to be frank, the most ignorant things I've ever heard. And I feel a need to push back on them and to and to give them a hard time so that they'll realize that their position is not the obvious absolute truth in the church, that there's alternatives to ways to see things, that there are opportunities to view issues and doctrines and teachings in various perspectives. And uh, and when Elder Uchtdorf talked about, is it I, I realized that it was time for me to shift a little bit and to, to give everybody, not just those struggling, which I do, but to give everybody more room. And so with that, we'll continue with President Uchtdorf's talk. Once there was a man who enjoyed taking evening walks around his neighborhood. He particularly looked forward to walking past his neighbor's house. 
This neighbor kept his his lawn perfectly manicured. Flowers always in bloom, the trees healthy and shady. It was obvious that the neighbor made every effort to have a beautiful lawn. But one day, as the man was walking past his neighbor's house, he noticed in the middle of this beautiful lawn a single enormous yellow dandelion weed. It looked so out of place that it surprised him. Why didn't his neighbor pull it out? Couldn't he see it? Didn't he know that the dandelion could cast seeds that would give root to dozens of additional weeds? This solitary dandelion bothered him beyond description and he wanted to do something about it. Should he just pluck it out or spray it with weed killer? Perhaps if he went under cover of night, he could remove it secretly. These thoughts totally occupied his mind as he walked toward his own home. He entered his house without even glancing at his own front yard, which was blanketed with hundreds of yellow dandelions. Does this story remind us of the words of the, words of the Savior? Why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? First cast thou the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. And here, as I thought about my neighbor's yard and the dandelions, dandelions sitting in the middle, and uh, and how much focus I put on trying to uproot others' single dandelion that's in their yard. And, and let's be frank, right? We all have a million dandelions in our yard. It's not like I've got a million in my yard and my next-door neighbor's just got one. But the issue is more about my need to fix him rather than focusing on on helping myself and helping others to get back to the Savior. It's more about my need to want to put somebody in their place when they say something ignorant, when they say something hurtful, and to kind of want to shake them a little bit, which I'll be frank, I do. And instead, to rather focus on lifting all to Christ, to strengthen the feeble knees, to lift the hands that hang down. And so as this as this part of the talk finished... My thought went to these discussion boards, and here's what I find. If you go on to more of the, the more negative discussion boards, people either who have, have either left the church or perhaps are still staying in the church but, but are so angry and frustrated that their emotion comes through in the things they say. They will tend to nitpick at every little thing. They will see things that perhaps are not even there. I'll give an example. Over the last couple of years, there's been some speculation that President Monson is in the early stages of dementia. And in the moment he started giving his talk uh, on Saturday morning, right away, people on some of these discussion boards would jump right in and be critical and, and see, essentially, dementia, where I at least wasn't seeing it. And they tend to pick apart every little quote. So if if somebody in the in the conference says, uh, follow the prophet, then right away they're jumping on the idea that prophets are fallible. They're essentially seeing every negative path where two paths are available, or more than two. And I don't think that does anybody good, and it, and it essentially just feeds the monster. On the other hand, if I go into some of these faithful discussion boards, when problems are discussed, and I mean real problems, issues that have 
real repercussions to them that many of the faithful members of the church will defend the church to the nth degree, no matter who it offends, no matter how wrong they are, no matter who it hurts. They simply will take the stance that the church is never wrong and that it's never made mistakes and that it's not our place to have any kind of conversation about what those issues are, but rather to simply ignore them, support the brethren, follow the prophet, sustain the church and move on and not dwell on any of the negative. Well, I can't do that either. And in some ways, again, I'm kind of stuck in this middle where if there's real problems, we're going to talk about them. If there's real issues, we're going to delve into them. On the other hand, I don't want to be so critical that I can't see the positive right in front of my face. For me, the gospel is a blessing. For me, the gospel has done so much good in my life. I used to to smoke pot. I used to sell drugs. And then joining the church turned that all around. It gave me a focus And in my time in the church, I've had spiritual experiences, ones that I can't claim are just chemicals running through my brain, but rather deep and profound spiritual experiences. And so while I'm stuck in this middle where I'm not going to defend the church to the nth degree, I also realized that I was getting just a little too close and have been for some time to this critical side where I was, where in the midst of talking about issues and problems, my whole agenda was twofold at times. It was, one, to take those who saw the gospel much more black and white than me and to kind of shake them, to help them see that things just aren't as simple as where they are, That thereby hoping that they in turn would then give me more room to be me. The other two was to to point out the problems of the church, to to wave my hand in the air and say, hey, look over here, here's another problem simply to do the exact same thing so that those faithful members who defend the church to a T might validate that there are real issues out there rather than simply entrenching on this defensive view. And I realized as Elder Uchtdorf, as President Uchtdorf gave this talk about the dandelion in the front yard, it really struck me that in many ways, that's what I do. I look at those who see things black and white. I look at those who entrench in defensiveness And I see that dandelion of theirs, and I want to yank it out of the ground. And I want to shred it right in front of them. And yet, if I take a step back and look at my own life, there are things I'm not doing right. Am I being the best father? Am I being the best husband I can be? Am I reading scriptures? Am I studying the gospel? Am I serving those around me? Am I giving time out of my week to to help somebody else? Those are all things that I personally can improve on. And so I begin to kind of look away from my neighbor's yard for just a minute and to look at my own. Now back to President Uchtdorf. This business of beams and modes seems to be closely related to our inability to see ourselves clearly. I'm not sure why we're able to diagnose and recommend remedies for other people's ills so well, while we often have difficulty seeing our own. Some years ago, there was a news story about a man who believed that if he rubbed lemon juice on his face, it would make him invisible to cameras. So he put lemon juice all over his face, went out and robbed two banks. Not much later, he was arrested when his image was broadcast over the evening news. When police showed the man the videos of himself from the security cameras, he couldn't believe his eyes. But I had lemon juice on my face, he protested. 
When a scientist at Cornell University heard about this story, he was intrigued that a man could be so painfully unaware of his own incompetence. To determine whether this was a general problem, two researchers invited college students to participate in a series of tests on various life skills and then asked them to rate how they did. The students who performed poorly were the least accurate at evaluating their own performance, some of them estimating their scores to be five times higher than they actually were. This study has been replicated in numerous ways, confirming over and over again the same conclusion. Many of us have a difficult time seeing ourselves as we truly are. And even successful people overestimate their own contribution and underestimate the contributions that others make. It might not be so significant to overestimate how well we drive a car or how far we can drive a golf ball. But when we start believing that our contributions at home, at work, and at church are greater than they actually are, we blind ourselves to blessings and opportunities to improve ourselves in significant and profound ways. Think about that. We, we all overestimate our abilities and our contributions. And, and think about Elder, or President Uchtdorf here talks about, right, to, to be aware of how we do this at home, at work, and at church. And I find that this is a serious, serious point he's making. One that we all need to self-examine ourselves and say, hey, you know what? Am I, am I really that important to my employer? Am I really contributing my fair share to my family? Am I helping them as much as I want them to help me? Am I, am I helping my wife share the burden in the home? Am I making sure that my employer is as successful as he possibly can be at church? Simply because you have more information or you're aware of deeper historical uh, issues in history, does, does this make you better? Does this make you someone greater than those around you? I look, I look at my ward and I ask myself, if I make a list of people who know the most information, I would, and perhaps, perhaps pridefully, perhaps boastfully, I would put myself at the top of the list. But if I make a separate list where I ask, who are the most Christ-like members in my ward? And if I'm completely honest with myself, I would find myself nowhere near that top tier. And so again, which which dandelions are of the most importance to get rid of? Is it the one where the member thinks that all resurrected beings will be white? Is it the dandelion of the the member who thinks that evolution is out of harmony with the gospel and won't allow someone to hold another view? Are those the dandelions that need picked? Or is it the dandelion of me and others but me being Christ-like to those around me. And so as I listen to this talk, I begin to take the priorities in my life and in my mind begin to shift them from where they were to where they should be. Now back to President Uchtdorf. An acquaintance of mine used to live in a ward with some of the highest statistics in the church. Attendance was high. Home teaching numbers were high. Primary children were always well-behaved. War dinners included fantastic food that members rarely spilled on the meeting house floor. 
And I think there were never any arguments at church ball. <laughs> My friend and his wife were subsequently called on a mission. When they returned three years later, this couple was astonished to learn that during the time they were away serving, 11 marriages ended in divorce. Although the ward had every outward indication of faithfulness and strength, something unfortunate was happening in the hearts and lives of the members. And the troubling thing is that this situation is not unique. Such terrible and often unnecessary things happen when members of the church become disengaged from gospel principles. They may appear on the outside to be disciples of Jesus Christ, but on the inside, their hearts have separated from their Savior and his teachings. They have gradually turned away from the things of the Spirit and moved toward the things of the world. Once worthy priesthood holders start to tell themselves that the church is a good thing for women and children, but not for them. Or some are convinced that their busy schedules or unique circumstances make them exempt from the daily acts of devotion and service that would keep them close to the Spirit. In this age of self-justification and narcissism, it is easy to become quite creative at coming up with excuses for not regularly approaching God in prayer, procrastinating the study of the Scriptures, avoiding church meetings and family home evenings, or paying an honest tithe and offerings. My dear brethren, would you please look inside your hearts and ask the simple question, Lord, is it I? Have you disengaged even slightly from the gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to your trust? Have you allowed the God of this world to darken your minds to the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. My beloved friends, my dear brethren, ask yourself, where is my treasure? Is your heart set on the convenient things of this world, or is it focused on the teachings of the diligent Jesus Christ? For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Does the Spirit of God dwell in your hearts? Are you rooted and grounded in the love of God and of your fellow man? Do you devote sufficient time and creativity to bringing happiness to your marriage and family? Do you give your energies to the sublime goal of comprehending and living the breadth and length and depth and height of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ? Brethren, if it is your great desire to cultivate Christ-like attributes of faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, brotherly kindness, godliness, charity, humility, and service, Heavenly Father will make you an instrument in His hands unto the salvation of many souls. Brethren, none of us likes to admit when we are drifting off the right course. Often we try to avoid looking deeply into our souls and confronting our weaknesses, limitations, and fears. Consequently, when we do examine our lives, we look through the filter of biases, excuses, 
and stories we tell ourselves in order to justify unworthy thoughts and actions. But being able to see ourselves clearly is essential to our spiritual growth and well-being. If our weaknesses and shortcomings remain obscured in the shadows, then the redeeming power of the Savior cannot heal them and make them strength. Ironically, our blindness toward our human weaknesses will also make us blind to the divine potential that our Father yearns to nurture within each of us. You, you may find that the church, in many ways, is frustrating to you week in and week out. But that doesn't change the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ is about atonement, about becoming better than what you are, about exercising faith, about repenting or changing from those things you do wrong, those bad choices you make. Anyway, I just, I thought about the gospel in the church and the ways in which we frown upon or look down upon others when they do things that seem to just rub us so wrong. And I have to just separate that from the gospel of Jesus Christ. I hope you'll think on that. I hope you'll think about the gospel in the church. Think about your own weaknesses and failings and flailings. Think about the things you can do better. Think about the places that you and I can improve and perhaps take our eyes off our neighbor's yard for just a little while, for at least a little while, and look at our own lawn and see what there needs to be taken care of and manicured. Back to President Uchtdorf's concluding remarks. I uh, I was thinking after this segment, this this portion we just heard from President Uchtdorf, that as I thought back on this talk, he seems to be, and I don't know if it's intentional or not, but he seems to be very much separating the gospel and the church. And as I thought about that, it became very clear in my mind how to differentiate between those two. And I think... I'm not even going to try to expound on that. I, I want to give you time to think about how you differentiate between the gospel and the church. And my 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 thought would be to you, would be while at times you may struggle with the church, you may feel like you are in conflict with a doctrine or a teaching or a policy, that you may struggle with members who seem to throw out principles so simply and yet you realize they're just not that cut and dry. You may run into people who teach things on the periphery, on the margins, that are so far from being doctrine, and yet that's what they're teaching. You may find people in your ward who offend you or disappoint you. So how can we shine the pure light of God's truth into our souls and see ourselves as He sees us? May I suggest... That the Holy Scriptures and the talks given at General Conference are an effective mirror we can hold up for self-examination. As you hear or read the words of the ancient and modern prophets, refrain from thinking about how the words apply to someone else and ask the simple question, Lord, is it I? We must approach our Eternal Father with broken hearts and teachable minds, we must be willing to learn and to change. And oh, how much we gain by committing to live the life of our Heavenly Father intends for us. Those who do not wish to learn and change probably will not. And most likely will begin to wonder whether the church has anything to offer for them. 
But those who want to improve and progress, those who learn of the Savior and desire to be like Him, those who humble themselves as a little child and seek to bring their thoughts and actions into harmony with our Father in Heaven, they will experience the miracles of the Savior's atonement. They will surely feel God's resplendent spirit. They will taste the indescribable joy that is the fruit of a meek and humble heart. They will be blessed with a desire and dis discipline to become true disciples of Jesus Christ. Over the course of my life, I have had the opportunity to rub shoulders with some of the most competent and intelligent men and women this world has to offer. When I was younger, I was impressed by those who were educated, accomplished, successful, and applauded by the world. But over the years, I have come to the realization that I'm far more impressed by those wonderful and blessed souls who are truly good and without guile. And isn't that what the gospel is all about and does for us? It is the good news. And it helps us to become good. The words of the Apostle James apply to us today. God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Brethren, we must put aside our pride, see beyond our vanity, and in humility ask, Lord, is it I? And if the Lord's answer happens to be, yes, my son, there are things you must improve, things I can help you to overcome, I pray that we will accept this answer, humbly acknowledge our sins and shortcomings, and then change our ways by becoming better husbands, better fathers, better sons. May each of us be more focused on the gospel of Jesus Christ and less focused on the dandelions of others, no matter how big they are or appear, may each of us see the difference between the church and the gospel and not allow the frustrations of the church at times to take us off the path that leads directly back to he whose gospel this is. I pray for each of you who are struggling. I want us all to get to a place where the, the frustration subsides, where the doubts can take a back seat where our energy can be used to serve others and to help ourselves become more like the Son of God. That's my prayer. I wanted to finish with Elder Uchtdorf's testimony and conclude this episode of Mormon Discussion. God bless you, and may the Lord warm your shoulders. May we from this time forward seek with all our might to walk steadfastly in the Savior's blessed way, for seeing ourselves clearly is the beginning of wisdom. As we do so, our bountiful God will lead us by the hand. We will be made strong and blessed from on high. My beloved friends, a first step on this wondrous and fulfilling path of true discipleship starts with our asking the simple question, Lord, is it I? Of this I testify and leave you my blessing in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.
Taking out my issues never heal.